Well, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to take a few minutes to share a few things with you and ask for your help on a couple of things also. But first, I did want to apologize for being a few days late with this episode. I know many of you have been waiting with bated breath for its release. Yes, I say that with sarcasm, but I do truly mean it. Rigor and discipline is something that I am intentionally working on. And if you walk around our house, you'll see several unfinished projects, baseboards missing, a hole in the wall that needs to be patched, and now a missing ceiling in the dining room. Staying in a routine doesn't come easy and stressful times don't help. Like last week, we were at our company's leadership conference and Thursday, literally the day I got home after getting up at 3 a.m. for a 4 a.m. shuttle, hopping on a 6 a.m. flight and arriving in St. Louis at about 8 a.m., Discovered later that day a leak in our second floor bathroom, which meant that I was pulling down the ceiling in our dining room. Grateful to Tim Montgomery, Brad Canalejo for coming over late at night to help clean up the mess. With a theology midterm due Saturday and, well, excuses, 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 we find ourselves here a few days late publishing a new episode. Now, I said from day one I wanted to iterate quickly and improve the content and format of the podcast early and often. After one month, the feedback has been amazing. Thank you so much for listening, sharing your feedback with me, reaching out to guests. They say that after about 30 days, a new podcast should have around 125 to 150 downloads per episode. Right now, we're sitting at about 150. That's skewed, though, by Amanda's story. She apparently has a really wide network and is currently sitting at about 410 downloads after just over a week. The rest of us? Less than 100. So if you take her episode out, we're at about 75 downloads per episode. That is where the favor comes in. You can help in a few ways. First, I know it's going to be a tendency in a series like this to listen to the stories of people you know and skip the ones that you don't. I hope that all 410 of the people who heard Amanda's story come back for more. Each and every one of these stories deserves to be heard. It doesn't take much time to share a link on Facebook, Instagram, your favorite social media platform, whatever that might be. Write a review on a podcast app, whatever you're using to listen. Tell people what you're hearing and learning. Now, our goal for this podcast is to make the world a better place to live, work, and play by building connection, building community, through sharing, through listening. And we recognize that right now it's a very one-sided conversation. So the first change we're making is the addition of a community using Facebook groups. It's probably not where it's going to live forever, but right now it's the easiest place to go. If you visit the Find the Story page on Facebook, you'll also see a Find the Story podcast group. It is a closed group, so you feel comfortable sharing your personal journey, interacting with guests, or simply providing feedback on each episode, which we desperately want to hear. We've also upgraded the website to no longer be a coming soon page. We're looking at more ways to use Instagram, Facebook, and the website to continue building the community out. All of that said... This takes work. I hesitate just like I did in the teaser because I'm terrible, absolutely terrible at self-promotion. I'd prefer the organic approach and just letting the content speak for itself. I'd much rather rely on you all sharing content because you find value in it. But at the moment, each episode takes about five hours to record, edit, publish, and promote. And in that teaser, I did mention Patreon. By becoming a patron for a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month, you can find a link in the show notes. You're helping to build this community. If you look at our page on Patreon.com, you will see the number of patrons and the amount of money being contributed monthly. I plan to be incredibly transparent about the financials for this podcast, which right now are zero. It would be amazing to stabilize the production gear, maybe even hire an editor part time, get to a point where we're donating a significant amount each month to a charity chosen by the community. Of course, I love to make a living doing this, but the goal is truly to build a community that is creating impact in the world by simply transcending the division that exists worldwide. We're in an election year. 
the division is significant. So I have to admit, I need your help in making that happen. We'll be partnering with us in making the world a better place to live, work, and play. So let's go ahead and listen to part two of my conversation with Stephanie Little. Part two was a serious exercise in vulnerability by not editing anything out. I do edit each episode for pacing, simply remove pauses, breaths, ums, ahs, but I found myself rambling incessantly as the conversation went on. No, there's no irony in the fact that we are five and a half minutes in and I'm still going on about needing your help. Anyway, I left it all in. Feel free to skip this one and catch next week's episode, but please... Come back next week. Thank you. I love you all. You are listening to the Find the Story podcast, where we seek to build connection and community through vulnerability and empathy. The cynicism and division is strong in our culture, especially in an election year. How will you make the world a better place to live, work, and play? Are you willing to sit down with a stranger at Starbucks and listen to their story? Try it. Let us know what happens. project there 10 years where, oh. where do you want to be 10 years um i'll go i'll go back to the the quote that i shared of of the guy in the hospital that i just want to be useful and yeah. like that's the easy answer sure um i want to be doing work that matters what does that um, look like for you like real specific what does that look like? um we're not gonna let you off easy it is it is hard to imagine 10 10 years is a long time even three years is as we're planning this church, for example, yeah. we're doing so. Neither of us are, are quitting our day jobs. Right. Um, we're going to, I'm going to be doing this bivocationally. Um, co-planter, uh, Jordan, um, is going to be doing this co-vocationally because it's right. really w- more where he works, mm-hmm. um, ideally in, in collegiate, you know, he works with college students. Um, he's a professor. And so I don't have any plans to quit my day job anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact that I'm able to have being in a unique position. That's another story. Um, the 10 years I've spent there, I've had maybe seven jobs in that 10 years, wrote the job description for six of those seven, yeah. I think, because the entrepreneurship that that, cel- that Worldwide celebrates yeah. has been amazing. The culture there has been amazing. That's really what inspired my passion for leadership and organizational health. Yeah, and why I have Patrick Lencioni books all, mm-hmm. all over my shelves. Um, required reading for leaders at our company. I don't have any plan any plans to quit the day job because right. as part of a twelve billion dollar company with six thousand employees, targeting to hire thirteen hundred this year. Um, the position I'm in. I can have great impact there in that company. And I love um, the values that um, we we intentionally focus on character and competency and, and the balance of those things. Interesting. I need to stop using that word balance because it's not... Balance. Because when you think about balance, one gives a little yeah. for the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, the way The way I like to look at smart and healthy culture and competency, Trellis and the Vine, if you've read that yeah, book for uh, on yeah. church leadership. Good um, both really need to be at 100%, right. um, which if you're thinking balance, it's kind of the wrong analogy. Um, so you need to be pushing both, pushing the, the gas on both uh, full speed. So three, five, 10 years. Um, I don't know. Is this church plant going to take off? Yeah. I would love for it to. Yeah. Um, I would love for this podcast to take off. Right. I, I would love to have a voice. I've, I've had a passion and a a dream for public speaking. Um, not necessarily for motivational speaking. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be like a Tony Robbins. Um, but had the opportunity to speak at some like healthcare innovation conferences and things like that. And just, I want to be someplace where I can inspire others Mm -hmm. 
to think just a degree differently than they currently do um, to create change. So a catalyst is probably a good word there where there's measurable impact to making the world a better place to live, work and play. Right. So that's kind of been my motto. If I... I hesitate because, uh, again, I don't have any plans to quit my day job, but like if if that didn't count Mm -hmm. and so we'll we'll go there, I'll stretch myself. I'll make this is all about being vulnerable. Right. So I know some of my colleagues are going to be listening to this. Let's say that that wasn't wasn't a thing. I could definitely see myself in a spot where I'm leading a church Mm -hmm. in whatever way that looks. I've, I've found myself, I'm as the head pastor. That's, that's actually what I was going to say is I found myself, I'm designed to be a number two guy. Yeah. I think you've said that before. Um, I'm not really designed to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can be the idea guy. I can be the, the Trinity role of executive pastor is kind of like in a, in a church. That's kind of where I would place myself. The yeah. person who carries the vision on behalf of the lead pastor, that kind of thing. I can see myself serving in a church and at the same time using that as an opportunity to create the platform and give the voice to the things that I believe in, um, which are a lot of the reasons this podcast exists, which is to inspire, to inspire others. Right. Um, And so that could turn into having the opportunity to podcast and to write and to speak um, and as a number two guy, you have a little, little more freedom yeah, to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. There are a lot of, a lot of lead pastors that do a lot of writing and speaking. And, and in my they have opinion, two guys. yeah, in <laughs> my opinion, that takes them away from, from the flock that they should yeah. truly be shepherding. Um, and so who is your flock? If you're writing books and, and on the speaker network, are you shepherding your lo- right. local flock when you're a senior pastor of a church? Yeah. And so that's something that's in my head for the future of where, where does that fit and how do I, I think one of my greatest, we, I get bored easily. Yeah. Um, and so I need to have my hands on a lot of different things Right. as a jack of all trades, really master of nothing. Um, when it comes to music and acting and building and woodworking, and there's a lot of creativity in it all. There's something creative in everything that I touch, but I wouldn't say that I'm really deep in any one thing. And so whatever the future looks like for me is the ability to create the impact, inspire others, but be able to experiment and touch a lot of things and be Mm -hmm. innovative Mm -hmm. in, in all of those things. Um, so kind of the method or the career is not your goal. Yeah, goal yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's really unique. It's different. It's not something that I would expect to hear from a guy, especially. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know no, I, I would. I, don't know if that I would agree with that. It's to say. But I, I would expect, you know, you to say, I want to be at the top of this, you know, in the company or I want to be whatever. But it's it's refreshing. That to was hear. 2001 me. Okay. For sure. So that was 2001. That me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So the growth has kind of taken you out of that materialistic success, you know, driven as the world sees it more to mm-hmm. what is the most important and the most important to you is that value that's going to remain. So that's that's pretty cool. I didn't. I hope so. I didn't realize you were that deep. I hope it. so. It's, I, it's funny because I, so. I when I talk about building teams and things, um, Google did this really amazing study on what makes strong teams yeah. and um, empathy. I'm, I'm going to get the specifics wrong, but there yeah, were three yeah. things. Um, empathy and then I'll, I'll just share two of them. 
was having a woman on the team because women wow. tend to have stronger empathy and a stronger yeah. emotional quotient. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also get, um, uh, I'm, I'm very much like a woman in many things. Um, <laughs> I do the decorating around the house yeah. mostly. I choose the paint colors. Um, I do a lot of the clothes shopping. Yeah. Um, Usually and wrap the Christmas presents. so we're, we're getting very stereotypical here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that, that reflection and that emotion for me is, is something that, yeah, I think the growth and the learning over the last however many years has been very important. Yeah, so yeah, that's powerful. It is. And it's a neat thing to be able to show your kids, you know, that they can see that in you and they don't see just the materialistic drive that I think we all can lean into because yeah, totally. that's our culture, right? Oh, I have very expensive yeah, taste. Yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> expensive great. taste. That's and great. I've always said that it, it's probably good that I'm not independently wealthy. I absolutely believe that it's good that I didn't have financial financial success early in life, right? Um, because I did. I yeah. talked about yeah. paycheck at the dot com and everything, mm-hmm. and um, I ran myself into debt buying expensive toys sure. and everything like that. Sure. But I, I do joke that it's good that I'm not independently wealthy because I'd probably have a Jay Leno size car collection, <laughs> which yeah. serves no purpose whatsoever <laughs> except that it's cool. Um, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me just ask you a couple of things that um, maybe you can just give you know some some short answers. What talent would you most like to have? So I thought about this question and I thought, um, I'm not really sure just listening to you that there are not many talents that you don't have, (laughs) but, uh, and as I said, we haven't even touched on the talent of acting. What talent would you most like to have? Uh, it's hilarious that I put that list of questions together and I didn't think about it. Um, like, I feel like it should have come prepared. Fresh. That's good. Um, I did. I wanted to pre- pretend that this was yeah. um, a real thing. Yeah. Um, talent that I'd most like to have would probably be, I'd like, I'd like to sing better. Yeah. I feel like I can sing, but okay. I, I, I think I would like to develop more of the musical gifts and talents that I have. My guitar is hanging on the wall. Yeah, I noticed a ukulele. Back to, yep, that's uh, that's Audra's lukulele. Okay. Yep, yeah, so she yeah. she calls it her lukulele. Okay. Music is has been very important to me. Mm-hmm. I can, so when people are surprised and they say, oh, you can play the guitar, or oh, you can play a little bit. Yeah. Remember that whole, yeah, like, that whole, a yeah. master of uh, nothing? Is I can play any instrument a little bit. I can make sound come out of it. And probably play one or two tunes, but I would I would probably like to develop more of the musical gifts. So that ties into the musicals. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. tell us about those and your role. Uh, yeah. So as I've mentioned a couple of times, Jordan, um, Jordan Cox, he and his wife, Casey, are both. Um, he's director of choral programs. She is a director of theater programs. I was in. Uh, I was not in choir or band or anything through like high school. Oh, well, um, I'm it, it, I, I am too, yeah. actually, when I think about it. Um, it's something that uh, I probably wish I would have done. Not, It's not a regret, though. Yeah. Um, it just would have been an enhancement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so going into my senior year, I needed a blow off course, right? And so I took guitar because I already played guitar. And the teacher for guitar was the choir uh, teacher at Lafayette High School, um, Michelle Rogers. Hi, Michelle. Um, and out of that, she was like, you should come join choir. And I was like, I've got one semester left of high school. I'm not taking choir. And she's like, no, you should come do choir. So sure enough, she talked me into going to audition for choir. I joined the choir and ended up 
being in um, the one musical of my high school career, which was Anything Goes, and fell in love with it, yeah. fell in love with theater. And I was like, well, that kind of stinks because now I'm done now and graduating. never performed on stage after that. Probably did, you know, depending on what you call performing. But then and there were some other opportunities to be in skits and things like that. But last spring of 2019, and it would have actually been late 2018 when it was all coming together. Um, Casey was uh, planning to direct Anything Goes. Mm-hmm. I said, Casey, I was in Anything Goes 23 years ago in high school. Yeah. Um, if you need a sailor for the quartet, let me know. Interestingly enough, Anything Goes ended up being a community production for her. They did auditions. I didn't go audition. Later on, I said to her, I'm like, you know, I would still kind of like to, to be in it. She's like, you're an FBI agent. Good, go. There you go. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so ended up performing as an FBI agent in uh, Anything Goes back in the spring of 19 and fell in love with the stage again yeah. and more importantly, the community right. of students there mm-hmm. um, and community members as well because it was a mixture of students and us yeah. community members, uh, which ties to the church plant um, idea and, and the whole concept there. But I skipped a part of the story because in 2018, Asher, my 13-year-old, actually auditioned and performed in a play at Missouri Baptist um, and got kind of the lead kid role in the best Christmas pageant ever. So good. Um, And yeah, he was awesome in that. And so then I did Anything Goes. And so then this uh, last fall, we all got to perform in in The Music Man. And so I had a role as Constable Locke and Asher was Asher. All the kids, Asher and Faith and Audra, were all in the kids ensemble, yeah. and Sarah got to be backstage as the kids wrangler. That's so, great. That's yeah. great. So you see that in your future more. Uh, once things slow down a little bit, yeah. I don't yeah. know that I because that schedule mm-hmm. um, for what those it, who like aren't aware every night. Uh, coming up. So what it really starts out rehearsals like Tuesdays and Thursday nights, Mm -hmm. six to 10, which is kind of brutal on the kids, Mm -hmm. but she's awesome with the kids. She tries to get them out of the door by eight, eight 30. And so six to 10 Tuesdays and Thursdays and an occasional Saturday. But then as you get closer, this production, because we, it was a shorter schedule. We had three weeks straight of every single night up to, um, the production. And so for like a eight year old, that was pretty brutal yeah. for a 42 year old. That's how old I am. Still. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was fun. I, yeah. I would love to do more, um, mainly just because of the community Yeah. that they have created an amazing community there of students yeah. and, um, they're really, really, really special people. Yeah. And so the more time I get to spend with them, the better. Um, but looking ahead at 2019 is going to be it's going to be tough yeah. to swallow. So on. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you've told us a lot about the things that you are involved in, that you like to do. What profession would you absolutely hate? This is it. Never going to do it. Never going to try it. What? I'm going to offend a lot of people oh, here. No, don't be I really am. Your first podcast. I know, I, but I am. And my wife is one of them. As much as I, th- I would love to teach, I cannot be a teacher. Yeah. I would not want to be a teacher. That's I just... In, in any age, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's probably age groups that would be better for me. Yeah. I love I'm surrounded by teaching. My mom was a teacher. My sister mm-hmm. was a teacher. My wife's a teacher. I can't be a teacher. Be That's a teacher. not in my skill set whatsoever. <laughs> no, nope. isn't consulting kind of like teaching? Or That's the interesting like thing. Telling. <laughs> we do training, training, different um, teaching. When I do those trainings, I do it more 
I look at it more as consulting okay. than teaching. I And I forget where I heard this. And the person who told me is probably listening um, and he'll probably remind me of this. <laughs> but the, the difference between. Oh, actually, no, it came from Jessica, my colleague. There's a difference between helping someone and serving someone. And I look at that as kind of the consulting versus teaching thing. Teaching assumes that I have something to give you that you need that you don't already have because I'm quote teaching adults. Mm -hmm. And so I would prefer to pull something out of you that you already have through, you know, the frameworks and things that we use around leadership skills and things. And so let you realize whether you're you're cut out to be a leader or a manager or whatever it might be in the context of what we do at work rather than expecting that I can teach you the skills. Mm -hmm. So as a baseball coach too, Mm -hmm. I've coached baseball. It's a lot easier to teach the kids who are passionate about the game, who care about the game beyond that. You reach a certain age where I can teach you fundamentals but unless you care, unless you want to, Mm -hmm. there's not much I can do. And I think that's what I observe is the most difficult part of teaching is you have a room of 15, 20, 30 students mm-hmm. across the spectrum of caring. And I would just lose my mind in that environment. If I could peel off the three or four who really care yeah. and really want to learn, yeah. we can do something with that. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm going to tear my hair out. I think there's a probably with you an aspect of relationship, too. You feel like oh, you yeah, yeah, build yeah. that relationship. For sure. So as you've talked, there's been a lot of people that have made an impact in your life and that have affected you. Um, So what would you say is the greatest trait that you admire the most in a person that you meet? Compassion. Yeah. Story time. When my mom called to tell me that her best friend passed away of leukemia. We haven't really talked about this part of my story. And it's something that I put in a Facebook post a while ago. Um, Through all of that pain and everything, it's been a close relationship with death is really Mm -hmm. the part of it um, that. Which is that? I know this is we're just. No, yeah, yeah. But is that something that scares you or because you have been so close to it so many times, do you have comfort in, (laughs) in understanding the process? Like, what does that do when you've been so close to it so frequently? There's four or five different statements in there and we'll get back to questions. And I was just looking at the time too. Yeah. It was like, that's okay. This parts. is going to be like a, Ooh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. That could be one of the things I realized with my sister. Um, and one of the things that I've, I feel like I've helped people walk through as they, I've had so many different viewpoints of death of being surprised. My dad passed away of a heart attack. I was surprised. So I was out to lunch with a couple of friends uh, of mine. I'm reminded of so many stories. There's so many stories that go through life that impact you. Um, I was out to lunch, Gary Poolrich Street, um, two very good, close mentors of mine. Mm -hmm. The controller at the company I was working for at the time called Mm -hmm. and my phone rang. I answered it. She said, I have some bad news. Your dad passed away. Click. What? Wow. I said, like compassion leads into this. And I was like, and I just looked at Rich across the table and I said, yeah. My dad died. And it, like that was the moment. It was yeah. that was it. And so I 
got up, like they took care of, I got up and went back to work, grabbed my stuff. And, um, she, she did have say one other thing in there. She said, you need to call your mom. Mm -hmm. Your dad passed away. Okay. Well, she didn't know my parents were divorced. My dad was remarried. So what she really meant was call my stepmom. Yeah. But I, that didn't click. She said, call my mom. So I called my mom at the school. Did she know? She didn't know. And thankfully it clicked in my head before I ever got through to her. Okay. Like before everybody, anyone ever answered the phone at the uh-huh. school she was uh-huh. teaching at. So I was able to hang up and avoid that awkwardness. So I ended up calling my stepmom. And um, the relationship with death there was I had that surprise moment. Mm-hmm. Watched my mom wither away for 18 months. Yeah, watched my sister come in and out of cancer treatments. Yeah, Ovarian yeah. cancer never goes away. Yeah. Once you're once you have it, you always have it. Yeah. Um, they you can't get rid of it. Yeah. And uh, there's obviously no there's no cure for cancer, but that especially there's no real yeah. treatment for ovarian cancer. So watching her for 10 years, one of those two guys I was talking about, yeah. Rich Street, um, mm-hmm. he was really my other dad. Mm-hmm. I have two other families, mm-hmm. um, the Reynolds, John and Jenny Reynolds and, and Rich and Marty Street were, are kind of my other families and their mm-hmm. sons are like my brothers. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was something that happened with my sister that I someone had told me a long time ago of, of the process of death. When we had gotten back from vacation, we took Asher on a 13th birthday trip and um, sometime the last day or on our way back, my brother-in-law texted and just said, mm-hmm. Shelly's back in the hospital. We landed like on a Friday or Saturday night, went down on a Sunday. In those last few days, mm-hmm. um, there will be one day where the person is yeah. lucid right. and at their best. Mm-hmm. So much so that it's something you have to prepare for Yeah, because you will think, you will walk away. She's fine. Yeah. You think that they're And so she was completely unresponsive on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, we had an amazing day with her. Yeah. We just, we were able to talk and well, Sarah was able to talk. Yeah. I'm not a talker. Yeah. Um, and so... She then went unresponsive again within 48 hours after that um, and then ended up passing away the following Thursday. That has been something of like that that period of walking through death, just like some of those moments of having experienced the surprise of a heart attack to the um, watching my mom to my sister. And then like those weird little moments. Um, And then Rich Street, as, as I was saying, he passed away of a heart attack, um, suddenly. Mm -hmm. And so my quote brother, Nathan, um, I don't like that I can relate to people in that place. Um, but I think it's part of my, it's an important part of my story that I'm able to relate to people now too. The other side that I think hurts more Mm -hmm. is, is, I don't know. I hadn't planned on staying on this death train for a while, but, Mm -hmm. um, is death of children. Yeah. And so our very close friend and and their little guy, Grant, um, who ended up becoming part of a community of a guy that I went to middle school with. We went to different high schools. His son passed away of pediatric cancers. His son's best friend, who uh, also they met in the hospital. There's this community of pediatric cancers and um, the more than four campaigns yeah. of only less than 4% of cancer research funds go to childhood cancers. Yeah. Watching Kara and Mark go through that with their son, Grant, um, as Sarah, I say Sarah and I, but really we all know it was Sarah yeah. as 
really the caretaker for his brothers as they were going through that um, and being that close to it. And just before that, a um, uh, little girl getting hit by a car. Yeah. And um, so these are all church families and stuff that we're close mm-hmm. to. And we know and seeing this, mm-hmm. Grant's death probably hit me almost harder than my family mm-hmm. because you try to reconcile in your head that you're old. You've right. lived right. your life. You yeah. lived it well. Yeah. Why a three-year-old? Right. What am I supposed to learn from that? Right. That's It's not fair. Yeah. So I, I went through a process with that. Yeah. Um, angry prayers. Very, very angry. Yeah. And I can't even imagine, you know, what Kara and Mark were going through yeah. when I'm going through this thing. And it's not my kid. Yeah. There's I know that's an important part of my story for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that feels a little desensitized to it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, I'm not. I, I cried for my sister, um, obviously. But when I say go to go back to compa- the compassion word, mm-hmm. um, it's something that I lack in many ways. Mm-hmm. I think through some of the story, people are confused when I say that, when I say I lack yeah. compassion. But here's the example. Um, when my mom called me to tell, tell me that her best friend passed away of leukemia, um, my response was bummer. That's odd. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think it's more like you talked about earlier, just a little bit, that it's a distraction so that you don't have to feel the weight of the emotion because you're an emotional person? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We find ways to kind of push that back until we can work through it on our own terms, right? That perfectionist in you on your own terms. Do you think that's a part of it? Yeah. I think so. I don't, I honestly don't know and don't know yet. I, yeah. I'll probably figure it out someday. Yeah. Um, but like for my sister, um, there was a very brief cry immediately. Yeah. Distraction by, you know, going to work and mm-hmm. stuff. But then the moments hit like mm-hmm. Thanksgiving yeah. was terrible Yeah. because it was the first time in 42 years I hadn't been with yeah. my family. Yeah. I have my family, but I had I wasn't with my family. The traditions of, and those traditions have changed over the years, right? Of divorced parents to um, my mom passing away to it being, uh, you know, going down to see my sister instead mm-hmm. of going down to see my mom. So Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, pretty traditional. I'll go with Sarah and my in laws. Um, we host, and mm-hmm. so they all came come here. But then. Every year for the last however many years, we get up Friday morning mm-hmm. and go to my sister's. Yeah. And I woke up Friday and it hit me. I'm not going anywhere. And so I stayed in bed for two days. Wow. Um, so I I have that. I have emotion and compassion, obviously. But um, I think people that have deep compassion serve well. Mm-hmm. Um, they care deeply. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's there's probably something I'm looking for in this podcast related to that. Yeah. The division and and everything we have in culture in the world today is like, if we just cared a little bit more about yeah. each other, had a little bit more compassion um, yeah. and, and quit the judginess. Yeah. Um, then I, I think the people that I, I look up to the most have, have deep compassion and care mm-hmm. for people, people like John and Jenny Reynolds, mm-hmm. people like, Marty Street. Mm-hmm. They are compassionate, caring people mm-hmm. that have had great impact on me. Yeah, people like Sarah Leonard. <laughs> she is Very a she's a deep, deep lover for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 she she loves on people well. Yes, she does. So this one can be your comedy answer. What is the trait you despise? 
Be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. name names. <laughs> I will go. I'll actually, this is such an odd connection, yeah. but I already mentioned the Conan O'Brien podcast. When he had The Tonight Show for mm-hmm. like six months. Yeah, yeah. Last episode of The Tonight Show when he was the host before giving it back to uh, Jay Leno was such a lesson mm-hmm. for people. And I, if you haven't watched that episode, go back and watch that episode because he, everybody was speaking for him during that time. Okay. Jay Leno's stealing the show back, all these things. Yeah. You never gave Conan a chance. Well, a lot of people were speaking for him. Mm-hmm. He said, no matter what, don't be cynical. Don't be cynical. Yes, cynical. Okay. And so that is the that's the trait I there it, it goes with that and condescending. Yeah. Are the two I people that and I say condescending because I was that arrogant dude yeah. back in, you know, my early twenties and stuff. I thought I was better than everybody around me and stuff. But yeah. there's just something about when when somebody comes across condescending <laughs> they have something to offer you and and you should want it kind of thing that frustrates me yeah. but then the cynicism too of just like there's nothing good in the world and yeah. just everything's kind of I've, I've i've had my fair share of nothing good in the world right, right. um there's no joy or hope in kind of that feeling and right. so yeah right. um yeah, comedy answer on that one. I, I'm just I'm kind of locked into to cynical and, and yes. condescending in that. No. But I related it to a comedy you did. guy, you did. You Conan. Did well. Does that you work? Did. Okay. Yes, yes, you did very well. Okay, so just a couple more. Um, if you had to choose just one, now do not give me several. Just one, one career over everything that you've named, over all of the interests that you have. What would it be? And you can even make it up. It can be. Something that's not even real. Something that exists. <laughs> um, Lance Leonard, the what would it be? That's a picking one. Oh no, just one. So it has to be creative. Yep. And so the first few things that come to mind are things like musician, producer. I always dreamed of going on the road. You know, being a tour manager or something like that what for kind bands. Of band? Whatever. The Backstreet Boys. Um, no. <laughs> What no. Kind of band? Um, so I managed bands back in. <laughs> of back course, of course did. I did. Um, I did. managed a, a few bands. That's why there are some music business books over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Um, w- it would probably be there would probably be something, whether it's music or theater or like just producing yeah. events. I've I did a series of events at church of, of worship nights and yeah. things like that where where I had the opportunity to produce those. And it was some of the most fulfilling times, stressful yeah. and, and frustrating yeah. times as well, but some of the most fulfilling. So it would definitely have to be creative. It would probably involved, involve arts and entertainment in some yeah. ways from yeah. a production aspect. But then something else came to mind too, of just like woodworking and crafting. <laughs> of course, because, a carpenter. Uh, yeah, yeah, there a carpenter. Um, Stage production along with. Yeah, all of those things yeah. come together. All right, okay. I didn't Creative. think I was going to get a wooden word answer. Yeah. Okay. So what is your greatest fear? Spiders. Really? You said one word. Okay. You like give okay. me a hard time about all these one word things. <laughs> so what about on the Lord of the Rings, that giant spider? Nope. Can't do it. You can't watch it. Uh, I have uh, physical reactions to <clears throat> spiders, pictures of spiders. What? Um, spiders like. 
If a spider shows up in here, you will have to kill it. Okay. Um, Sarah takes care of them. Sarah does take care of them. Yeah, That's yeah. quite quite a real thing. Mail roll. Uh, same thing with heights. Um, when it comes to fear of heights. Okay. Sarah and I went to Seattle. Went up in the Space Needle. I could not no. step on the the glass. She was like, ah, "Look at me!" Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When I watch what was the uh, Sylvester Stallone movie where he was a rock climber and stuff, couldn't I couldn't make it through the first five minutes of that movie. So you haven't been up in the arch. Um, I, thing. That's the weird thing. Like. I like rock climbing and rappelling and doing ropes courses. I yeah. feel secure in those things. Inside the arch, yeah. I feel secure because I trust the engineers that built it. If so I'm standing on the crazy. edge of a rock ledge and I'm not tied in, yeah. like to a rope, I'm but God scared. Built but that. which is weird too. I say that, but then like the the Space Needle, I'm, I know that that glass yeah. is engineered to stand on. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, Willis Tower in Chicago, yeah. Sears Tower. Come on, yeah. it's the it's not the Willis Tower. It's right. the Sears Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't stand on those little lookouts and stuff. When yeah. you're up there, that's the scary part. To the me. real answer: insignificance, though. It goes in my enneagram four. Yeah. yeah, true, true, true. Okay, so when you get to heaven, what do you want to hear God say? I mean, there the the easy answer is the the well done, the good and faithful woman. servant. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, uh, you're going to be there for a long time. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. You'll hear um, lots of things, possibly. Uh, there's some theology wrapped up in what's coming to mind. Okay. Um, that I, I don't know. Tap into I your don't know this answer. Side. It's less about something he, he says to me as much as it is a reunion yeah. with all the people that have gone ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, as much as I want him to... to, to congratulate me on a, well, a life well lived and everything it's it's more the thing i think i'm looking forward to most is the reunion yeah maybe um, to hear him say here's your family yeah you know? that's it's what like, those are the words i was trying to come up with i couldn't yeah, come up with those words yeah, but yeah, yeah something like that yeah, know, yeah, yeah it's not just your biological family but here's your family you know forever i think that that would be a really cool thing yeah because so, it's it's that's a theology wrapped up in um what what does that look like yeah. and what because we're we're perfect we're not you know it's yeah. when when you're in heaven you're not this yeah um i would really like to know what that all looks like ben and we'll find out someday yeah yeah absolutely okay last question you have on this paper what advice would you give your 20 year old self mm-hmm. i don't want to know that i don't want to know that fair what enough what advice do you give your 60 year old self what do you want to tell yourself now for the future? Whoa. I know. It's a good one. Mind blown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't think I would stump you. No, you didn't this stump me. Right. This is the 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 number you chose is so interesting because mm-hmm. we talk I talk about the fact that no men in my family make it 60 and I know you chose that number intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. So assuming I, I get to 60, yeah. um, I will get to 60. Yeah. And if I don't, Sarah's life insurance policies. Anyway, yeah. um, the the uh, uh, the advice I want to give uh, to six year old me, I think I'll relay things that I've heard from a lot of people is nobody ever looks back on their life and says, I wish I worked more. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this actually might be the moment I need the tissues. All the other stuff yeah. is. Like just the last few days, right, is as I've been and I've had reason to distract myself. Kids break off school and my break off work. So the kids want to play with their Christmas presents. And Asher wants to build the rocket that he got. And they need me to be present. And just in like these few days, I haven't been. Mm-hmm. And I know why I haven't been. Mm-hmm. There's no way they, they know why I haven't been. But it's hard for them to just, you know, reconcile in their heads. And so reflect, enjoy. I think about some 
family members and friends who have worked hard all their lives and, and pinched pennies and things, and, and they're making the choice now to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's something I I look forward to doing. Yeah, good, good. Now you brought tears to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good, that's good. All right, well, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. We have. We know a lot about Lance and about yeah. his story. And, and I thought it was going to be this neat package. Like, I thought there was going to be kind of this beginning, middle, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, I think with you, there's been just this kind of weaving together. And that's really cool because through it all, you get to see what God has done, what he's doing, kind of how you're allowing that. You are... Um, not not along for the ride, but you're okay with where he's taking you and, and you know, how he's changing you. And yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. a great place to be at what, 40, Two. 40 something? Two. Yeah. yeah, we'll go. It's just yeah. 42. Yeah, yeah. So anything else you want to no, add? No, thank you up? for... for I I forget who suggested like yeah Stephanie can come interview you um, and it, it just kind of because I wasn't on your podcast it became a list. thing yeah that I know well you are and maybe we've been here a while I'll let you go and then we'll come back and do your episode <laughs> yeah, later yeah. Um, but thank you so much for doing that um, it is funny that as I think about the podcast it is storytelling. That's why I put in the way you want to tell it. Yeah. If you like, if somebody wants to come on and tell a really polished story, yeah, yeah. come on and tell a really polished story. It's, right. it's, that's yours. Me, I'm a scatterbrained dude. Like I'm all <laughs> over the place. I have my hands on a lot of things and that's just how I, I look yeah. at things. So as I reflect, you know, that thing will connect to that thing. It'll connect right. to that thing. And I'm, I see systems um, and I see the connections between those things. So a lot of really random things that you wouldn't expect to connect to something really deep. And so things like the last episode of Conan on Tonight Show that has deep meaning for me where somebody's like, yeah, it was a really great speech you gave. For me, it really impacted me. So Mm -hmm. um, thank you for for hanging out yeah, for a little bit thanks. or for a long time. For a long That's time. Like That's like at the time. Good. Yeah. Like I said, part one, part two. Yeah. Thanks. Right? Yeah. yeah Thank you very great. much. Thanks. All right. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe and rate Find the Story on your favorite podcasting platform. Share this episode on Facebook, Instagram, your favorite social media platform, and let people know what you're hearing and learning. Most importantly, though, come back next week for a new episode of Find the Story.